It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. Oh, we're back. How's it going, buddy? We ran out of music. It's it's a shorter bed. Was yes. I seriously that slow? No. All right. It's just it's a short bed. That's all. Uh, Seven oh six inside sports on six thirty. Chet. Um. Uh, Reed, if you're saying this correctly, that Rudy isn't anti Oiler. He's just bad at math. Thirty teams, three first liners each means there are ninety. First liners in the league. Nuge being out of the top 60 doesn't matter. If he said he's not in the top 60 centerman, then he has a leg to stand on calling him a third line. I mean, that, that might have been what he said. Look, here's the point. First of all, Kelly, Kelly Rudy, who's going to be on this show in about 10 minutes, has every right to have an opinion, as all of you do. If you're upset that he is on Edmonton radio sometimes and you think he's anti-Oiler, well, deal with it. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean... Bob, who Stoffer, who works for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club and has a show on the station noon to two every day called Oilers Now, uh, gets accused a lot of times of being too pro-Oiler. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. Pe- people are going to have opinions. In-, in this business, you won't please all the people all the time. I don't think Kelly is anti-Oiler. I think he's seen a team with deficiencies and has pointed it out. And quite frankly... Deficiencies on the team should be pointed out. Have you noticed where they've finished in the standings? They haven't finished there by by being a good team and by doing things well. Now, do I think sometimes it can be overly negative? Yes, I do. But would you really respect Kelly Rudy if he came on every week and all we talked about was how great the Oilers were? Soundwave says the read the, which the, the things which come out of Kelly Rudy's mouth are not his fault. Kelly has spent so much time in the same room with Nick Kiprios that he's becoming dumber by osmosis. All right, it's kind of weird. We can we can take Chris by the way if he's calling. And uh, DB says uh, this market is happy to hear the same trade fantasies every day. The best analysis, in my opinion, challenge you to think Kelly Rudy does this. That's from DB, who's a fan. DJ says, uh, Reed, serious question. I asked this to Bob last week, but I think he ran out of time. What happened to the Russian player the Oilers signed last year? Vladimir Kachev was his name, and I'm just checking where he played because I forgot what team he wound up on. 
Uh, Vladimir Kachev played this past season. Where did he play this past season? He was in the QMJHL. He played uh, back in the KHL this season for St. Petersburg. He says he only played two games. Yeah, I kind of lost track of him. I don't think he's really on the radar to be in uh, NHL or anymore. All right. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, uh, I long time no speak. Uh, I uh, kind of got into it yesterday on Twitter with uh, Mr. Belanger. I'm getting sick of some of these players that uh, like to take pot shots at the Oilers, uh, especially Mr. Belanger. Um, if you have issues with the Oilers and how the Oilers are run, I, I find it very unprofessional if you played for a team to dirty some of the uh, or to air some of the dirty laundry. And I made it clear. And I made it clear to him. Anybody that talks any kind of smack regarding the city of Edmonton or the Oilers in general, I will come at them with fury and nails and claws out. And I and I, I lost a lot of respect for Kelly Rudy. I, I just I, I don't like him anymore. I don't like listening to him. Uh, he used to he used to be on the Oilers bandwagon forever when he was a part of uh, a part of Chet, I believe, Sportsnet. He used to toot the horn and blah 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 blah. And now all of a sudden he's, he's anti Oiler. And for him to say anything negative about Nuge, I think Nuge played the entire year with some sort of injury. And, and to say that Nuge is, is – I think he made a comment last year or the year before saying Nuge is a third-line center. Nuge is not a third-line center. Nuge, Nuge is, yeah, at the Chris, very least, a second-line center on most every single team in the NHL. Yeah, I was just, I was, I was just talking uh, about that. Kelly Rudy never worked – okay, Chris, Chris, hang on. Kelly Rudy never worked for Chad. He's still on Sportsnet. He's a weekly guest on this show. And I'm fine with people not liking him. You don't have to like everything that's on the show. And, I, and I'm, I'm wrong about the check. Yes, I I, 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 I just say that he did work for sports, and I think he was a part of the, the Oilers uh, broadcast. And I, I always remember him tooting the Oilers horn and, and this and that, being a company fan or whatnot. And then all of a sudden he just doesn't like or has to criticize all the Oilers. The Oilers are going to get better. And like, like I've said numerous times, unfortunately the Oilers couldn't get anybody good to run this team or to coach this team for a long time. And I'll give it uh, this offseason, and if we don't significantly improve by this coming season, then we got issues. But other than that, I uh, love the show. Uh, miss talking to you guys, and let's go Oilers. So what, what did Belanger say? I know he had a Twitter battle with oh. someone a few weeks ago, too. I didn't see the latest one. Well, well, he, he, uh, he's been airing some dirty laundry about how he didn't like how he was, I guess, how he was treated by the Oilers. And, and not in particular uh, Tamby, because I brought up some stuff. I was like, well, you know, it, it, it's got to be Tamby. Oh, no, it's not Tamby or Kevin Lowe. So essentially what he, his issue was was he was brought in, and a lot of the the uh, the vets that were brought in weren't allowed to do what they were supposed to do because of the young players. The young players were given more authority. And, and to me, that's just unprofessional. You know, keep keep what happens in the locker room to yourself. You know, it, it's not. To me, it's not right. Um it, if you have an issue with the team, you know what? Just say I had an issue with the team, and that's it. Don't 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 decide to to take pot shots. And I think it's like unprofessional. And all I brought up was was there's been a lot of players that have played for this this Oilers team, and that that, that haven't done that. And all they have is good things to say about the team and, and the uh, 
in the city. So uh, that's all I have, and uh, great show, buddy. Well, yeah, I see a look back. It says, I'm not talking about the city. I love the people there. It's the way that th- things were ran and the veterans were treated, so he doesn't feel he was treated well. He says he loved the people, and my family loved it there. Uh, I don't follow Eric Belanger on Twitter. Um, clearly, he was part of a couple really bad seasons. Didn't think he played well, and uh, obviously wasn't a good situation for him. Uh, it is 7.13, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chat. Speaking of depth centers on the Edmonton Oilers, I, I got a message from somebody asking me, uh, we want to go back and find it here. Hey, Reed, heard a rumor that Mark Letestu won't be back with the Oilers. What do you know about this? Uh, I have not heard that rumor. I would be surprised if Mark Letestu were not back with the Edmonton Oilers. I know there were a, lo- uh, a lot of people who knocked his play this year. He was brought in to be a depth center. He played more than I think even he thought he would uh, because of injuries, and I think because also the coach trusted him to quote-unquote play the right way. Uh, It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that Latestu wouldn't be on the team for a few reasons. Uh, You know, $1.8 million a year for a center, fourth line, what did he wind up with, 26, 27 points, Decent, decent point total for a depth player. I think he can fill in on the power play. Won't be on it as much as he as he was this past season. Um, Letesti was signed by the current general manager, who I think is fine with the signing. I think he has the trust of the coaches. Not that this should necessarily be a deciding factor, but Mark Letesti was the only Oiler to call Edmonton his summer is his uh, his home year-round. He's spending the summer here. His family lives here. He's from northeastern Alberta. I don't see him needing to be traded. I don't see him being bought out. So if there is a rumor out there about Mark Letestu not being an Oiler uh, next season, I would I would be highly surprised if he's not on the team. That's all I can tell you about that. just doesn't make sense that he wouldn't be. All right, it is 7.15. The aforementioned Kelly Rudy will have some of you changing the channel. The rest of you can hear him after this break. You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Two one Blue Jays leading the Yankees there in the bottom of the seventh inning. Two out Blue Jays still batting. Reed Wilkins with you Inside Sports on 6:30 Chad. The Stanley Cup Final in this time slot tomorrow night. Game two between the Sharks and the Penguins. I'm pleased to welcome to the show former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great, buddy. One game into the Stanley Cup Final, your your hotel your hotel odyssey is nearing an end. <laughs> But, it, but it's a good end because we're in the finals, so we're all uh, excited about that. And uh, most importantly, my wife came to visit last night, so she might be here for the duration. So at least I have a, a partner on off days to have some uh, good walks with and maybe a couple of nice dinners. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that that's what I like to do. Yeah, well, good stuff. And uh, during the uh, break here, before we brought you on, we were, we were joking about you walking up the uh, the top of the CN Tower. I believe, uh, I just quickly look up, I believe it's something like 2,600 steps to, to get to the oh top my. of the staircase. <laughs> wow. Well, my wife and I did about 19,000 today on our uh, Fitbit. So I can imagine uh, a lot of Edmontonians, because of my comments sometimes about the Oilers, they wish I'd jump from the top to see <laughs> when I get there. <laughs> well, 
don't do that, buddy. We we we, we like <laughs> having you on, on Inside Sports. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. Um, first of all, uh, you know, I, I thought an entertaining game last night. The team sort of uh, sort of traded punches. I, I I gotta say, I mean, these Penguins depth players. You got three or four guys that you did you didn't know a thing about at the start of the season. Rust certainly leading the way. Murray and Net. And, uh, you know, you, you take nothing away from what the Stars are doing, but, man, those yeah. guys are really making a difference. Well, and how about I'll throw into the mix then Dumoulin and Lovejoy. Uh, Matta might be a guy that might be more familiar to hockey fans, but to, uh, those two defensemen, I think, have really um, uh, risen in these playoffs to a, maybe a level and, a, and a, a level of determination that I didn't expect from them. Like, Ben Lovejoy, to me, is a perfect three or four D guy because he's, uh, he battles every shift. Now, uh, I'm not sure why it didn't work out previously where he was, but uh, for whatever reason, he's fit in nicely here and it gives them real good depth that you're talking about. And uh, over the course of time, though, you're thinking guys like Rust and uh, Sheary, um, with their speed, they should be dynamic players down the road. But having said that, and I don't want to rain on their parade, but we have Previously, and many other playoffs had guys shine like that uh, in the latter part of a reg- regular season, do really well in the playoffs, and then just never quite live up to that same level again. Yeah, fair enough. But it, it might help the Penguins get where they want to go in totally, the short term. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, I think you know it, it was billed as a series that could be really fast-paced with a lot of chances, and and yeah. uh, and we saw a lot of evidence of of that last night. I, off the start of the show, I, I, I was talking about last night's game-winning goal, and then I, I sort of s- spun that into a into a larger conversation on on uh, how we we talk about hockey. L- let's start. I'll, I'll start a little bit about uh, specifically about the goal first. You know, I yeah. thought good shot by Benino. Clearly, you know, the things went a little funny for the Sharks with the uh, with the stick breaking and, and some of the co- yeah. coverage maybe breaking. I mean, how how did you see that goal? Well, I just watched it uh, not long ago, getting ready for tomorrow and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, a lot of things are, first of all, the Penguins get a couple of lucky breaks on it. Uh, Burns uh, losing his stick. Uh, I believe it was Latang. He tried to throw the puck uh, back to Hagelin and it hit to somebody's skate uh, and then right, right back to Latang. Now, because he's a high school guy, he had the wherewithal to make a remarkable pass that Martin just missed. Now, defensively, what I'm looking at is that Martin got a little bit too puck-focused. But to me, because I watched it three more times, he looks like he's uh, somehow a little bit fatigued because he's a smarter player than that. He's more aware than that. And further to that point, when I'm watching Pavelski just to the right of Martin, Pavelski is eyeing Benino the entire time, and he fails to let Martin know, excuse me, that Benino is just behind him. So it's a it's a culmination of a bunch of factors, a little bit of luck, high skill, and lack of communication, maybe because of fatigue, and maybe they're just a little bit overwhelmed in that third period because the Penguins stormed them in the first and stormed them in the third, and so. Well, we'll have to see if San Jose can uh, turn that around and play like they can, which they did in the second, because they play more of a down-low game. They have enough speed themselves, but they try and just wear you down kind of below the goal lines. Lastly on that goal, though, 
if you look at it and what Martin Jones, he, he looks really awkward in that. And that's because it's kind of like it's an awkward release by Benino. It's not even a real shot, so to say. It's kind of like he just chips it, bumps it over the goaltender. It's a real weird shot. I know he even talked about how it was a weird release on his part. So a lot of interesting things happen on that, and it's great for conversation. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630, Chet. Well, and I mean, you brought up Martin who I was sort of defending earlier in the show. Yeah. And, you know, I and hey, you know, you're a hockey commentator. Certainly when I do the Oilers postgame show, we pick things apart. Yeah. I, I do, I mean, hockey is, is such a furious, fast-paced, quick decision type game that's really easy to watch on TV and from up top. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is there... Do we spend too much time looking for somebody to blame on goals and and not spend enough time looking for who made the positive plays on the offensive team? No, I don't think so. I think we try and have a real fair balance with that. When there are spectacular offensive plays that lead to chances uh, or goals or uh, maybe long stretch passes, take-to-take passes that are 100 and 10 feet. Some, we, we certainly show that and we talk about it, and I think most people in our industry are really good at that. But there are times when we break down plays and it's the same defensive lapses or misjudgment or bad read that happen continually that I think should be pointed out. Now, if a guy just does something, a one-off, that he recognizes more than anybody and his body language tells you after the scoring chance or after the goal – then I think in most cases you might maybe mention it or just stay away from it because everybody knows. It's pretty obvious. But my point being, again, if it's continuous, same mistakes over and over, it's fairly uh, easy, and I think it's the right thing to do just to bring it up and talk about it and see if there's any difference moving forward. All right, Kelly, to end on a bit of a lighter note here, when you played, did you grow a playoff beard? Well, no, and the reason why is because if you, I know people know my face. I've got a baby face, right? I mean, I literally, I probably couldn't even have grown a beard well into my 40s. So now I'm at that stage. I'm 55. It can come in fully. But back then, I went, I had parts of my facial hair that just wouldn't come in. And so I never felt the urge to. Um, I mean, it looks cool. Like, I like the look of Brent Burns and Joe Thornton and some of these other guys. I think it's a fantastic playoff beard, but unfortunately I just wasn't blessed genetically with that skill. I, I'm, I'm just, I just look at Thornton and Burns, and I, I think to myself, it, it, it's, it's too much. I mean, what? what? <laughs> I, I don't know what. Uh... Just the weirdest. I love how they have fun with it, especially Joe Thornton. I can't remember exactly what his comment was last night, but something about as pretty as it is, it, it takes take a lot of work or something like that. I just, I really find him a, to be a fantastic person. Well, you might as well have fun with it because I, I hope he's not seriously thinking of sticking with that look for the rest of his life. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? Just from a practical standpoint, though, I can't imagine how the goalies do it with the heat. I mean, I always had a furnace face at the end of every game anyways because the mask and everything, and I'm one of those heavy sweaters uh, anyway. So I'm just I can't imagine the extra facial hair and how much more uncomfortable that would feel because 
as you know, those arenas are incredibly hot, especially this time of year. I just think if a goalie had a big, bushy playoff beard, maybe he could use it to help him cover the puck when he's down on the ice. (laughs) Get it hidden in there somewhere. Yeah, where's the puck? Rudy's got it in his beard. An unbelievable save. And the video replay is inconclusive because of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe if guys really spent years, a goalie spent years on his beard, it could go down and cover the five hole, right? <laughs> Again, that's not a good look. <laughs> Probably dangerous, too. Uh, all right, Kelly, really appreciate your time. Uh, I'll let you get some rest so you can tackle this the CN Tower steps tomorrow morning before the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, bud. I'll talk to you next week. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 4-1, the Blue Jays up with the New York Yankees in the bottom of the eighth. The Blue Jays did make a trade today, getting Jason Grilly from the uh, Atlanta Braves. Canadian right-handed pitching prospect Sean Ratcliffe sent to the Braves in return. Toronto also gets cash considerations from Atlanta. Grilly, 39, 21 games for the Braves this season. He's 1-2 and two with a 529 earned run average and two saves. Inside Sports on 630 Chet, it is 734. In a couple of minutes, we will bring in Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, Eskimos analyst for our broadcast here on 630 Chet. We have a game coming up when? Is it next Saturday already? June 11th? June 11th, yeah. June 11th, Eskimos against, uh, that's the game in Calgary, right? That is, yep, and the first the preseason 18th, game of the year. Preseason game, then they host Saskatchewan on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Home regular season opener on the 25th of June against the Ottawa. Red Blacks! Red Black. Uh, just some quick thoughts on Kelly, a uh, quick uh, couple of texts on Kelly Rudy, who I did not think was going to be such a hot topic of debate tonight. Uh, Dennis says, uh, Kelly Rudy would be easier to take if he wasn't so pro-Flames. Another texter says, I hated long hair headband Rudy, but I like TV analyst Rudy. Uh, Another texter says, if Rudy's going to point out the problems of the Oilers, then he should point out the problems of other teams too. That's all. I deal with it by changing the channel. Well, guess what? We talk about the Oilers more on this channel than we do about other teams. Uh... DB says, Oilers fans like to be critical about the Oilers, but someone else can't say the exact same thing. It's kind of weird. And another texter says, anyone who isn't critical of the Oilers right now must be satisfied with being among the worst teams in the league. Like Rudy or not, he isn't wrong. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe it's one of those things. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like, Kellen, you know what? If you said, mm-hmm. you're my buddy. Yeah, And if you said to someone, you know, I work with that Reed Wilkins, and he is an ugly, ugly man. <laughs> you know, if you, if you said that, you know, if you were having beers with your buddy, mm-hmm. and they were like, what's Reed Wilkins like? And you were like, he is an ugly, ugly man. Yeah. Just just hideous. Well, my, just, just hard to look at. <laughs> well, my, right? buds, my buds might text you back and say that I have said that in the past, but anyway. There you go. But you're my co-worker, and yeah. deep down you love me. Yes. So if you were Absolutely. out with your buddies and someone said, hey, I heard that Reed Wilkins is, is hideous, you'd get upset. You can <laughs> criticize me, but some, someone on the outside can't, right? I would be hurt on the inside, yes. Look, Kelly Rudy's on the show <laughs> once a week. He has been for at least the last four hockey seasons. Might even be five. Back to when Dan Tenser hosted the show. Before that, Pierre Maguire was a regular on the show. 
Stoffers had Craig Simpson as a regular on his show ever since he came over to Ched. Mm -hmm. He's had some other guys like Craig Button, Elliot Friedman, Mm -hmm. Jeff Merrick, Mike Johnston. Oh, yeah. Um, Here's the thing. If you work in in the public eye, whether you're on the radio, you're a... You're on TV, you're an actor, you write books, you're a politician. People, Some people will hate you. Yes. Some people hate me. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the job. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't like Kelly Rudy's opinion, well, guess what? We could replace him with another analyst, and then some people would hate that person's opinion, yeah. and by extension, hate, come to hate that person. Mm-hmm. It is part of the job. Yeah. So, I don't know what to tell you. It's just... It's just part of the job you're not going to please everybody all the time and the funny thing is about this job that i learned pretty quickly people want you to have an opinion mm-hmm. until it's different from theirs then you're public enemy number one That's and they right. hate you yeah and they don't they don't want to talk to you anymore. absolutely yep right so over the course of doing three hours most nights while i've been part-time in may i just accept the fact that at any given moment yeah. probably half the audience hates me <laughs> This is a safe assumption. And I, I guess. revel in it. <laughs> and I revel in it. Uh-huh. I'm like a pig in mud. Yeah. Your hatred is like cold mud to me. There's a lot that of cold make, mud out there now after really this weekend. There's a lot of rain over the past month or so. Lots of mud out there. Uh, tell you what, the Eskimos uh, rolling along with training camp. Some interesting news today to talk about that. Color analyst Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you doing? Really good, Reed. How are you? Good, good, good. Training camp off and running, buddy. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, you know, it's it, it's amazing how fast it's been this off season. Uh, you know, it just feels like a month ago the Eskimos won the Grey Cup. It's been a very, very fast off season. But uh, today was fast. This was the best training camp session of all. First, it was one uh, training camp session. It's the first time they didn't go to the two a days. Uh, it was very good pace, uh, good tempo. Compete level was high. The execution was pretty good. The defense made more plays today, and that's what we're kind of waiting for because there's a lot of new in the defense. The offensive guys, they kind of walk around with a swagger going, hey, you know, <laughs> this, this is new, but our head coach is our offensive coordinator. It's a system we're familiar with. Uh, for the most part, the defense is coming in going, I've never seen this before. you know. And it, But today they made some more plays. Okay, so that so that's interesting because... Everybody knows what the Eskimos did defensively w- with Chris Jones as the head coach the last the last two years really, but but especially last season. And they were a team that was built on stymieing the opposition, on getting turnovers, on getting field position. Mm-hmm. And you know, even when I had uh, Batiste and Washington, the the two offensive linemen in studio about a month ago, they said that the the practices were challenging for the offense because of all the different defensive schemes mm-hmm. and different blitzes that Jones came up with. So is is the stuff they've built defensively been thrown out the window? Is, does Benavides have a totally different approach? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a totally different approach because after a while, I mean, football's football. There's only certain things you can do on offense and defense and special teams. But I think it's just understanding what kind of terminology he uses, what he what he's asking. Um, you know, he's probably asking the defensive line to maybe change their technique a bit. Same with the linebacker, same with the secondary. You know, Jones has a certain way he likes to use his players, and another defensive coordinator will have another uh, another method of using his, his personnel. So I think it's just, you know, I talked to Mondo Sewell yesterday. I said, is it easier for you because you're the D-line? You just rush. He says, 
well, it seems simple, but it really isn't because, you know, we are being asked to do some different, some things differently. So it's just basically understanding, you know, what is being asked of you, understanding what communication you're using and what system you're using. You know, for Pat Watkins, for example, he has been under the, the same head coach for four straight seasons before this season. He was with Chris Jones. He knew that defense like the back of his hand. But now he's being asked to do different things, led by Benavides, the, the D coordinator, and his secondaries coach is Baron Miles, who had 66 career interceptions as a as a safety right. in this league, right? <laughs> uh, so they just have to learn, you know, and they just have to break old habits because they are doing new things. But today it looked like they, you know, Maybe it's setting in a little bit, a uh, little bit more here on day three, and they they made some more plays today. They they look good. Okay, Dave Campbell, Eskimos analyst, joining us here inside sports on six thirty. Chad, six thirty. Chad, inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on six thirty. Chad.